0: stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Okay, maybe this needs a spoiler alert, but uh, the movie Get Out, which was kind of a, a surprise hit last year. Uh, the premise of the movie is that the the villains, the, the bad guys in the movie, are, are recruiting young athletic people, well, in, in the movie it's black people, young, young black men recruiting them so that they can steal their bodies and put their brains into their bodies and essentially set back the clock. Could that be done? Could you take your brain at the end of your life and, and put it into another body, a younger body, and then have another 60... 50 or 60 years, and then do it again after that, do it again after that. I mean, how much of us is in our brains? Does our self-identity go with our brains? And here's a more disturbing question, though. What if the brain is outside of a body and alive? So you're essentially in uh, sensory deprivation. Are you aware of what's going on? Do you feel trapped in in your own brain? That sounds like a potentially hellish existence. So is that the realm we're getting into here? So here's the story that's getting a lot of attention. As described in the Daily Telegraph, a scientific experiment to reanimate dead brains could lead to humans enduring a fate worse than death, an ethics lecturer has warned. Last month, Yale University announced it had successfully resurrected the brains of more than 100 slaughtered pigs and found that the cells were still healthy. The reanimated brains were kept alive for up to 36 hours. And scientists said the process, which should also work in primates, offered a new way to study intact organs in the lab. Now, this is a key point. The pigs did not regain consciousness. So they weren't trapped in that living hell. But the team admitted it may be possible to restore awareness. And the experiments opened the door to the prospect of human brains being kept alive outside the body. So can we do this? Maybe. Should we? Well... There's a big question. Uh, Joining us to talk a bit more about some of these ethical issues that arise, very pleased to welcome the program, Ben Curtis, uh, who's a uh, lecturer, senior lecturer in the School of Arts and Humanities at Nottingham Trent University in the UK and wrote a really interesting piece for TheConversation.com about the issues that this research raises. Ben, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, this is the kind of thing that sounds like science fiction. I, I think it sounds even somewhat creepy to a lot of people. But as we try to to process and understand this story, what's important to keep in mind here?
1: Um, I mean, the first thing to say is that the researchers in this particular experiment didn't reanimate uh, conscious pigs' brains. So the brains that they, they brought back to life outside of uh, their bodies uh, were entirely unconscious. So the real, the real important question is whether this research is going to be taken any further um, to reanimate conscious brains, and that's when uh, a bunch of ethical issues then arise.
0: Right. So uh, how do we navigate those, those ethical areas? Because there's a lot of important issues, I think, that this, this kind of research can highlight, but obviously we, we navigate into some, some tricky uh, ethical waters here
1: yeah so i mean the the real question is um whether a reanimated conscious human brain uh the question is what its experiences would be like um and whether it would be ever be a worthwhile thing to do so as it stands we haven't got any way of tapping into what experiences the brain is is having at any particular moment so if we were to bring a a conscious human brain, we could measure its brain activity and know that there was conscious thought going on, uh, but we wouldn't be able to know what it was like. And the real ethical issue that arises there is simply that it, it may be a, a living hell for that for that particular uh, brain or for the conscious, the subject of consciousness.
0: Right, because our concept of, of us and who we are, I mean, it, it, it rests in our brain. If our, our brain were somehow kept alive outside of our body, I mean that would still be us. We'd have no sensory experience. We wouldn't be able to see, feel, hear, smell, anything like that. So we would essentially then be trapped inside our own mind, wouldn't we?
1: That seems right, yeah. I mean, there there are different views um, about exactly what constitutes us, as it were. Um, So, you know, if we think that uh, we are our brains, it looks like we think that we are our brains because that's what carries our personality, our consciousness, our memories and so on. Um, But it's entirely unclear whether a a disembodied brain fed by uh, a a sort of a a mixture, which is not real blood, they're pumping these brains with um, some kind of a, a fluid which contains nutrients to keep the cells alive. It's absolutely unclear whether that, even if the brain were to regain consciousness, whether it would still carry our memories, uh, whether it would have our personality. It would certainly be, I would think, a subject of consciousness, but whether it would actually be us is is a very good question, and I'm not sure how we go about answering that until we can tap into the experiences that those brains are, are having.
0: Well, I, I mean, it seems philosophical in some ways, at essence, I guess that we are talking about neuroscience here, uh, but but can we measure mm-hmm. the point at which uh, brains register consciousness
1: um, so I must say first of all, that neuroscience is not my area of speciality, right uh, but what we I know we are able to do is to connect up um, electrodes to the brain and measure the the electrical activity that occurs in there and we're able to um, find distinctive wave patterns which are suggestive that consciousness is going on. Uh, but to, to keep going back to that, that same point, although we may know that there is conscious processes going on, we, we don't know anything about how to read off from those uh, patterns exactly what is going on inside those brains. So there could be all, all, all kinds of hellish experiences going on and we, wouldn't, we just wouldn't know.
0: I mean, for example, there's been the, the idea proposed of a head transplant or a body transplant, however one, one wants to frame it, which seems far-fetched at the moment. But, I mean, if we get to the point where that's, that's feasible and the prospect of, you know, someone who's, who's crippled or, you know, something along those lines, being able to, to have a new body would, would be quite remarkable. If we're able to keep a brain alive outside the body, does it help facilitate those kinds of, of medical advances possibly?
1: I suppose it could. Um, we don't, again, with the with the study that's just being done where they've kept the pig's brains uh, alive outside of the body, um, they haven't been doing it with any eye to eventually transplanting those brains into another body. They're just looking to get a kind of map of the brain and it's good to have the, the brain alive in order to figure out the connections between it to, to try to make um, headway in treating conditions such as Alzheimer's. Um, so they've got no plans to... Transplant brains into other bodies or to transplant heads. But there is, um, there's a story going around, and yet I think we have to take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt, but if it's true, um, there's an Italian neuroscientist who is looking um, at some point this year to to transplant the head of a living person onto a new body. Um, Now, of course, if that were to happen then with a, with a with a head it would be capable of uh, all the sensory inputs you know it'd be able to see it'd be able to hear it'd be able to feel um and that may offer a better prospect a prospect of something like a, um immortality but there's a proviso with this or uh, and the proviso is that uh, a number of other neuroscientists have warned that actually even that could end up um being worse than worse than being dead because the the brain itself is in constant um, communication with the rest of the body uh, and takes in inputs huge vast numbers of inputs each and every second and if you've got a different a new body connected up the brain is going to be overwhelmed with signals that it's not used to and it could end up sending the uh, the recipient of the body um, mad so again <laughs> it doesn't doesn't necessarily look like it's going to be a, a good thing if.
0: No, it doesn't sound like it. But, it, you know, you, you hinted at that, that, that prospect of immortality. I mean, as we know, our, our bodies yeah. age. We, we know what the human lifespan is. But I don't know that the brain necessarily ages. I mean, if theoretically you could transfer your brain to, to a, a new body or different vessel, that, that kind of yeah. turns the concept of, of lifespan as we know it on its head, so to speak
1: i mean absolutely right i mean the the sort of, nobody should um should think that i'm I'm dead against uh the idea of these sorts of experiments or or rather developing them successfully. I think it would be in a certain sense great if we could all live forever um you know your your body ages um you could if you could one thing is you have to find a recipient 's body to take uh, your brain, but if you could find one, transplant into a young body and off you go enjoying enjoying life as you did maybe fifty years previously to, to that but um immortality itself is is a is a thorny issue immortality strictly speaking is living forever um, now we know that unless there is life after death, some sort of spiritual life in in something like heaven, then uh, immortality speaking is impossible because we've got the heat death of the universe coming around in about four and a half billion years. So that's the sort of upper limit on our lifespan, if you like. Um, But even living for four and a half billion years, it may not be as good as it sounds. It (laughs) may be... uh, it may be that one would run out of interesting things to do after a while and become, it would become a, a, a tedious existence.
0: I suspect you're right. Uh, so going forward, I mean, obviously right now we're just in the stage of, of doing this kind of research on, on pig brains, at least in, in this instance. I mean, obviously, yeah. if, if we're going to get to a point where anything like this is going to be experimented on, on a human brain, that you know, there need to be some, some pretty clear ethical guidelines around this kind of research.
1: No, I mean, absolutely right, and that, that goes back to my, my earlier point that uh, because we don't know exactly what experiences will be going on inside a disembodied human brain, um, if a disembodied human brain has got the same moral status as uh, a whole human being has, which if they have the same conscious states, then I don't see why they shouldn't, uh, then to 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 perform such an experiment on a human being may be to subject them to... Uh, mental torture. So we need to have a very, very clear guidelines in place to make sure that we don't um, treat a being with you know, full moral status, uh, the same moral status as a normal living human being has, to, to torture. That would be effectively what we may be doing.
0: Indeed. Well, people can read more from you as mentioned uh, at theconversation.com. Ben, uh, really great talking to you here today. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you very much indeed. Cheers.
0: All right, there you go. That's uh, Ben Curtis, a bioethicist at Nottingham Trent University in the UK. Again, wrote about this uh, at theconversation.com. It's a weird issue, right? Because this isn't about finding ways to help people live forever. I think these researchers are, are trying to understand better how the brain works. So that they were able to reanimate these pig brains for 36 hours. I mean, it's, it's a remarkable accomplishment. But could you do this on on humans? And what would you be doing if somebody, like these pigs had died, the pigs are dead. So it really doesn't matter then if you're cutting them open and taking out their organs. And I guess you could argue the same thing for a human. Well, this person is dead. So you're going to cut out their liver and, and study it? Okay, well, whatever. But this is totally different, right? So if you take out a dead person's brain and you're able to reanimate it, At what point are they regaining consciousness? And then how do you even describe what has happened? Is that bringing someone back to life? Is that person still there? So, yeah, it raises some pretty big questions, doesn't it? Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.